Welcome to another edition of Cleve and Me as we are back for another uh, week with the three main hosts. That is myself, Mr. Joe. We got Tampa Tones and Cleve. And boys, we are getting close to the Clash at the Castle uh, pay-per-view. And I mean, along with AEW All Out, a lot is going on in wrestling. Uh, Next week, we're going to talk more on it but tones and i have an event coming up soon too in, in uh the chicago area which will be cool uh with some impact wrestlers and, and uh veterans and things of that nature from other promotions and a lot going on there so without further ado we're going to get tonight started and a little random but we did raw before the show because uh for those that do not know wwe.com has banners for raw smackdown nxt so on for Raw and SmackDown, they just changed their banners. I did it with Raw with Cleveland before. So, Tones, as I introduce and bring you in here, you're going to go first. There is four men and two women on the SmackDown poster. So, how we doing? And give us someone right off the bat. I'm good. It's good to be here. <clears throat> as always, can't be for as long as I'd like. But at least my connection is stable this time. So, always <laughs> a good thing. When that happens, as far as the banners concerned, it's kind of a cool touch to a website as a, a um, aesthetic type feel. You know, it, it gives uh, people who are browsing on the web through Internet traffic something appealing when you're on the website instead of just a uh, plain space to look at. So if I had to guess one guy on there, obviously, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. Yep. And, you know, an obvious one off the bat, but to me should always be the first one said is. He's been on top of the world forever now, over 700 days. Uh, Well-deserved to be on that banner. So, Since that one was so easy, how about you give us one more? So now you got we got three men. Okay. I'm going to ask a question here, and this isn't my guess, but are managers allowed on the banner or just, um, are just uh, wrestlers? What is what, what is this? What do we? What is this? Phone a friend, fifty fifty. Who wants to be a million? No, well, you're there's... you're the one running the game show. I'm asking <laughs> the questions here. I'm no, no, no. Could, you know, there's no managers. There is no managers. All right. So if I had to go with another person on that, I would probably guess. Mm, let me see. Ronda Rousey. That is another one. That's correct. So. We are two for two so far in Cleveland. We're going to bring you in here. So now there's three men and one woman left on that SmackDown side of things. How we doing? And give us somebody. All good. All good. And I'm going to go Drew McIntyre. He's the hottest star on the show right now. So Drew McIntyre. That is correct. Is, you know, getting to the clash of the castle. He'll be taking on Roman Reigns. 
in what will be a doozy. And I'm not sure yet who's going to come out quite on top there. I'm just going to need some more time to think. And plus, I need to see if it's for one or two titles. But um, we have three for three so far. Tones, going back to you now, there is two men and one woman. And how, wait, so how many, is it, it's a man that's left, correct? Two men, one woman. And who did Cleve say? I'm sorry. I, I was... He said uh, Drew McIntyre. So now we have Roman Reigns, Ronda Rousey, and Drew McIntyre. A lot easier for you fellas that know the damn rosters inside. Uh, you, um, you should get no, one no, easy. No, I, I'll, uh... With how much crap you give this person. Oh, geez. Don't tell me Liv Morgan made Yay. it. Oh, my. That is terrible. And you know what? They're going to regret that banner choice. You're going to see an op-ed at 2 a.m. come the night after Clash of the Castle. This website's under construction, and she's going to be off that sucker in the damn morning. You're going to oh, see it play man. out like that. So wait for the WWE website construction at 2 a.m. No, I'm kidding. But, geez, wow. what a... I, mean, I, I think champ. that's a little soon. I think that's a little soon, in my opinion. I mean, we didn't see, you know, uh, Nikki Ash become a cover girl overnight, and they're a comparable comparison to me. You know, I think Liv is more on the Nikki Ash trajectory than the uh, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Ronda Rousey trajectory, if I'm being honest. So that's all. I, that's all I'm saying is I don't think she carries the weight or stardom, perhaps, of a. Uh, a Rousey, a Banks, a Flair, and all the other ones. Uh, Naomi, you could even throw in Carmella, Asuka. I mean, I'm being honest here. Mm. Usually you are. So the other <laughs> two are the Usos tag team. So a part of the uh, Tribal Chief uh, and all that. So that's a six for and, that. And uh, that's why that's why I'm confused. I, I think Heyman should be on it if you got Usos and Roman on it. That'd be pretty cool. You yeah, know? Heyman, wouldn't, Heyman wouldn't be a bad touch. You got a good point there. Uh, you know, you have a quick time here, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions. The first one including one of your boys, Kevin Owens, him and Drew McIntyre on Monday Night Raw have a great promo. Uh, and, in fact, a couple of lines from it – Let's see here. Drew McIntyre says, we're wrestlers in a wrestling ring, so let's wrestle. First off, that's a big thing because obviously Triple H took away the Vince McMahon words that can't be said. So, that, And then uh, other quotes. Let's see if I can find any word-for-word things in here. Drew McIntyre did defeat, defeat Kevin Owens uh, via uh, disqualification, but on CBS it got rated an A- minus that segment and match. It looks like your boy KO is not messing around anymore, and we might see some of that old-school badass. I'm not quoting this, but he did uh, talk on a out social media outlet and said Triple H is the one that got him in here. Um, he feels new inspiration and is ready to do bigger things. So could be a run for Kevin Owens. Maybe not too soon, but uh, it, it looks like positive things ahead. And that'd be really good. That'd be ideal for not only Kevin Owens himself, but his family and the company of the WWE. I think when Kevin Owens is performing, I think people are more into the match, whether it's for booing him or applauding him, whether he's a heel or a face. I think Kevin Owens is good for wrestling. I mean, this guy's had some iconic storylines already in his career. And, you know, he's not too far into his WWE career. Obviously, he's been a star amongst other places such as a ring of honor and whatnot, those sorts. But uh, Kevin Owens, you look at him and you look at his uh, Sami Zayn rivalry, Shane McMahon rivalry, John Cena rivalry. They're all 
fantastic. And I think he could only keep doing better in the company. I mean, it was kind of embarrassing uh, as a KO fan when you're seeing him run away from Braun Strowman, hide in porter potties and whatnot. I know Braun's a big dude, but my goodness, Kevin Owens is a pretty damn big dude himself. And he never backed down from a fight. His main persona, his main message as a wrestler is being a prize fighter, or at least that's what it used to be. And I'd like him to return to the prized fighter era of Kevin Owens. No more of this uh, bullshit little league bull crap, as I call it, peewee wow. wrestling for gimmicks. I mean, come on. You have him in storylines with guys like Elias who will be out of the company. Stone Cold too. was a really good one, though. Yeah, Stone Cold was a good one, but it was a quickie, you know? I mean, it was an iconic one, but it was a quickie at the end of the day. Those storylines are cool, but they don't hold weight because they're not that long. Obviously, it holds weight as it could be one of uh, Stone Cold's last moments. But, I mean, in terms of long story storylines, there, there's not a long, uh, you know, there's not a, there hasn't been a good one for KO in years that's benefited him. So I'm looking forward to a hopeful push for him and a return to at least the United States or Intercontinental Championship picture. Funny you say that, Cleve. My only question to you on this is we're getting in a few more minutes of tones, then we're going to answer some of your top storylines. Do you think Kevin Owens holds a championship of any kind in the next calendar year? Uh, I can see it. It's just I don't think it will be the top belt. I still think there are a few other guys that are in front of KO at the moment. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins are the two, I think, off the top of my head that should be in next in line to hold the belt. But I could see him possibly taking the belt off Bobby Lashley. Um, or, you know, if he goes to SmackDown, he could win the Intercontinental Champion. But I do agree with Tones that Kevin Owens definitely deserves to be back in the title picture. I think how you feel about KO Tones is how I feel about the Miz. Two good guys that just had uh, I do too. multiple shitty storylines. Seems like they never come out on top. And finally, with Triple H stepping in, maybe these two guys get the opportunity they rightfully deserve. I don't know. I don't know if WWE has been punking me, but those two have been my favorite since I've been getting back into wrestling. And ever since then, they've been brutalized in storylines. And I'm glad the Miz got a championship at least, but it was short lived, man. Very short lived. And let's go to another point in Raw. And we're going to start with Tones once again. Tones, we are watching here actually Monday Night Raw, and it looked like. Riddle was getting an interview from his home. Well, it turns out that he was actually pulling a little heel mode on Seth Rollins, was at the stadium and go to attack him in the ring. Something like that's a very small detail, but it both got our attention and we both felt it was pretty cool from Monday. Do you think, uh, you know, that's just another small way of making things just a little bit better because that, that you know, a small element of surprise mm -hmm. is something we definitely notice. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to uh, give a good answer to this and give my close out as well as I got to bounce out of here a little earlier than I'd like today. But nonetheless, uh, I think that not only in that storyline with Riddle and whatnot, we've seen a lot of little things happening in all the WWE shows that have been good, uh, you know, good additions to the show. We've seen a fire happening backstage and it seems like that was caused by someone. Perhaps we've seen superstars barred from uh, ringside trying to watch uh, matches or perhaps break over the barrier. Now we see Riddle fake an interview from his home, rush on stage. You know, it's been a lot of good things. There are little things. We've seen the car crash thing take place as well, even though 
we've seen that before kind of so a lot of cool things are kind of coming back uh full circle now in wrestling in the world of wrestling you're starting to see a lot of the storylines and little nitty-gritty storytelling like when triple h was a young pup in uh the wwf or wwe whatever you want to refer to it as so um it's really good stuff to see It, it helps fans stay involved i think that's what they were trying to do when they tried to dice the 24 7 title into the picture ultimately i think they tried to start getting a lot more side stories going and little things little cool things happening we saw that at first matches on airplanes uh, you know, matches and grocery stores, et cetera. But they kind of faded with that over time. Now they're getting back into it. And I think the riddle thing was awesome. And and, it was- and, and real quick, I want to get it uh, in here too, because I know you're going to say your final segment. This just came out was with your boy, Sean Ross, who um, does pretty good reporting on all wrestling outlets. CM Punk apparently in May, I sent a little thing on it earlier, said he would not, and will not lose his title to Hangman Page. How kind of Tony Khan almost wanted to script it up. He, you know, that's interesting to me in a little bit of a way. But do you think CM Punk at where he at his career has the right to say something like that? I think that there's a lot of personal beefs beyond the ring that a lot of people don't know about. Um, a lot of these people have uh, problems in real life. And I was reading that, I guess, apparently CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page have problems in real life, but I'm sick of all the, you know, jibber jabber bull crap, threatening to quit that we've seen in these superstars lately. To me, it's not a good look and uh, it's overplayed. You know, they don't hold the control. They don't hold the power at the end of the day, as great as a guy as CM Punk is, uh, he's already left one main industry. Who's to tell he's not going to leave a second. So uh, I I think it's a little distasteful to CM Punk. And to be honest, as big of a star as he is, I don't respect the maneuver that he pulled. I know you got personal beef, whatever, yada, yada, yada. We've always seen it in multiple promotions, WWE, and now it's leaking into AEW where personal beefs try and alter storylines and whatnot. But I hate that stuff. Personal life is for personal life. You're getting paid to do something inside the ring. So you shut up and you do it. And I'm getting sick of these guys complaining about Tony Khan. All of a sudden, they're the same guys who complained about Vince McMahon and now uh, they're not having their way over there, so they're complaining about Tony Khan. It's like, give it a break, people. Just because you don't like what your boss is telling you, know, there aren't a hundred title belts, there aren't a hundred main events, there aren't a hundred storylines you could tell at once. Wrestling is a very complicated thing. And at first, I thought it was, you know, maybe it was WWE, uh, you know, shorting guys and having bad story writing and things like that the past five years, but. Now I'm really starting to think it's just these wrestlers becoming more crybabies and, uh, you know, they're asking for a lot more stuff. And it, it's honestly a little turn offish to the fan like me who I love wrestling. I watch it when I can, not all the time, but I do when I can. And, you know, just to hear these guys being babies and threatening, oh, I'm going to walk out of the company. It's like these athletes that try, you know. It's like CM Punk is no better than a guy like Antonio Brown in that sense, I guess. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's the pit to the palace for a guy like CM Punk, but it's WWE to AEW. And, uh, you know, if he does pull the same stuff with AEW like he did with WWE, 
I, I think that, um, you know, who's going to want him? WWE doesn't want him back. You know that for a fact. So um, hopefully we do get Joe back. But Cleve, in the meantime, what say you on that? Oh, what's my thoughts on it? Oh, on I the mean, whole CM Punk thing or, you know, people just trying to have their way too much lately. You it's, know, I think it just seems like CM Punk. I remember when I was younger watching Punk, I was such a huge fan. But as the older I get, I just can't get past just he just complains so much. And I just feel you made a very good point. Your personal life shouldn't interfere with your professional life. At the end of the day, Punk is an older guy. Hangman is a young guy. It's all about putting the younger guys over. And let's be honest, CM Punk isn't in like John Cena category or like Triple H or these guys where he can pick and choose who he wants to put over. That was the problem I always had with Hulk Hogan reading his stories is that Hogan didn't want to put certain guys over because they threatened his spot or he had a beef with him. It's like so childish. And like you mentioned, now that Triple H is involved, CM Punk is not coming back to WWE. He burned that bridge 100%. It's not like Vince where a few years go by, everything will get better. No, Triple H will not let CM Punk go. So if he burns his bridge at AEW, where's he going to go? New Japan? And it's not like Punk's a moneymaker anymore. People aren't selling out to see CM Punk anymore. So I just don't understand Punk's issue. Like, just get over it. Just get over it, Punk. Come on. And thanks, boys, for holding it down. I must get the cheap internet or something because I don't know what's been going on. You got to do better, bud. It's, it's going to be a lot of podcasts going on over there. And I'll tell you what, if that happens with an important guest or something, I'm looking for you. So other than that, you know, me and Cleve held it down. And uh, let's hope it doesn't happen when I get that allowed here because poor Cleve will have to continue. <laughs> thank you for being on with us mr tampa toast yes sir hey uh you could uh venmo me for the extra eight minutes i hopped on for uh, your internet troubles no i'm kidding always a pleasure fellas oh i know you're kidding wish i could do it longer yeah okay buddy i wish i could do it longer but uh you know date night so that'll be interesting but a lot of wrestling coming up so a lot of fun stuff coming up we got eight me and joey are going to an AEW show me and Joey are uh, going to some uh, meet and greet type crazy extravaganza thing we'll talk about and have our own episode about probably. So uh, looking forward to a lot of that. Fellas, you guys stay safe, stay healthy. God bless you all. Always a great time. Love you all. Respect you all. Tampa Tones out. Thank you. Thank you again for holding it down there in the couple minutes that I had an issue. Uh, Cleve, I believe, you know, we left off with I ask, asking Tones on the CM Punk thing of his out, and then I heard what you were saying. But I know you brought a few storylines to the table. Give me something that uh, you're interested in right now and want to talk about. Oh, man, I'm really loving the, the respect that the United States champion is getting. The last – I'm not going to lie. These past few weeks, I have been really looking forward to Raw because Raw out here comes on at 5 o'clock, so I see it. As soon as it ends out there for you guys compared to SmackDown, I got to wait to 7 o'clock, but by then I'm tired. But Raw these past few weeks, especially featuring the United States champion, just have been putting on phenomenal matches back-to-back. You had last week it was Chopper, this week it was AJ Styles, and maybe we'll get another one Monday. But Bobby Lassie has really been bringing his A game, and so has everyone else. And they've been making the United States champion feel so much more important than it was in the past year where you had – like five people within two years hold the United States champion. And then, I mean, 
talking about some of these guys, you probably can't even remember if I name them. They was the United States champion. So I'm just really excited to see that same on SmackDown with uh, Walter, Guther, whatever you want to call him. He's holding it down with the Intercontinental Champion. Him and Shinsuke had a banger Friday, and that might not even be the last of the fight between them. So it is great to see the middle card champion is getting the love that it truly deserves. Yeah, no doubt. And it started with those videos, how they encapsulate you and get you involved showing past champions uh, with the little vignettes. And then Bobby Lashley being an ultimate champion, Gunther and the IC SmackDown side of things being an ultimate champion and really putting it to people and having great matches. And you need that while these titles are unified. So I think that's a really good point you bring up. And I think Bobby Lashley should continue to do so for quite some time. One thing I wanted to bring to the table is I'm I'll mix something in as we keep going is the return of Hit Row. Give me your thoughts on now they did lose one member because he is an AEW, but Hit Row returned. They were in on NXT, brought up to SmackDown for a little bit a few months back before being released. Triple H brings them back. The stable consisting of B Fab, Top Dollar, and Ashanti, the I'm going to butcher her last name, but they made their return. They face, uh, yeah, sure, some nobodies, but it was good to see them back, and a lot of people were amped in the crowd, it seemed like. Yeah, I agree. Um, I really didn't watch too much of them in NXT, but I did hear how popular they were. A lot of people were saying great positive things about them. There were also another surprise I don't think a lot of us thought would happen. Um, so I'm really looking forward, and it adds a new tag team to the division, to the tag team division, which is another thing we should also talk about is how slowly they have been building up the SmackDown division, I mean, the tag division on both shows. We had um, a random tag team of Mustafa and Cedric. Even though they look good together, it still was just a random tag team somewhat put together. But at least they're on the show. That's what I'm saying. They're getting TV time, and I think Triple H being a fan of tag team wrestling, we will see more good tag teams come. So I think Hit Row is a, a big plus to the SmackDown tag team picture. Yeah, no, they definitely need more yeah. unified tag teams that, you know, have been around a while. Like the Viking Raiders is a good Alpha Academy. Uh, I wouldn't even mind if we saw Cammy, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin, Kevin Owens get back together. Uh Bray Wyatt could be on the way back. That would be something interesting if Rowan maybe came with him or uh, anything of that nature. But there, there's a lot of opportunities here and a lot that could be shown in the tag team division of the WWE. Give us your storyline number two, though, Mr. Cleef. Storyline number two. Uh, let me see where I want to go with this one. Um you know what? I'm going to go with the Mysterios and the Judgment Day. It's um, really a – I know we've been seeing it for a while, but I still think it's a very hot storyline. And I think with be, um, Raya Ripley getting more involved lately, it's really add more add more interest to it because she's just beating the hell out of Ray Mysterio and Ray's not doing nothing back or Ray refused to hit her. And I wonder, will eventually will Ray finally say enough is enough and, you know, maybe 619 her? We've seen him do it at the Royal Rumble to Nia Jax that one time where everybody hit their move on Nia Jackson. But I think after months and months, that storyline is still refreshing to see. It's still entertaining. Damian Priest is looking 
looking pretty badass in his purple suit. Finn Balor is phenomenal on the mic. And Rhea Ripley's just a, just a badass woman right there with them. And Mysterio, with his age, still brings it day in and day out. The wild card is still Dominic Mysterio. We don't know which side he really plays on. Will he eventually join them and turn on his dad, or will he just stay with his dad and fight them? But I think after months and months, the storyline still has so many un, un, unanswered questions that will just you know make this even more better than what it is now. And a couple of good points to say on that is Rey Mysterio wants to fight Finn Balor at WrestleMania, and we know he doesn't have many left, so that could be long-term storytelling. Another thing that is possible um, is we might not see Rey and Dom fight each other because I actually heard in their household, um, they don't talk about it much. The mom isn't really in favor of it happening, but... uh, I mean, it is tough. Like when Cody and Dusty went at it, not, excuse me, when uh, Cody and Dust, not, you know, not the great Dusty Rhodes, but uh, his brother, they went at it. Um, a lot of blood was involved in that match. You got to take a lot of, you're beating the crap out of each other. No matter if it's fake or real at the end of the day, that's what's happening. So interested to see because we've been talking about it for a while I start to sometimes think, eh, maybe it's less likely than I originally thought, uh, which I think we should get it. We don't have to get it, but I think we should get it. Uh, let me throw something at you in here now. Uh, let's stick on the SmackDown side of things. Oh, you know, another good tag team that I like together. Uh, Los Lothorios, they seem to pitch themselves to the maximum male models, which is still uh, happening. That That's a decent thing there. We talked a little bit about Gunther. He defeated Shinsuke, which also another great wrestler, Cleve, for the IC title. Just another example of them using those two mid-card titles and trying to make them more uh, of a mainstay. And leading to your point earlier, I think it's just important you do the same exact thing with the IC title. I definitely agree. You can do what Bobby's been doing and have, you know, a couple matches here and there every week, or you can eventually have like one guy. I, I've been hearing, I've been hearing reports that the guy that hangs with Gunther, I can't pronounce his name, but the guy that takes the beatings every week when Gunther feels like chopping his chest up. He's been oh, sort of his good. little buddy. Yeah, awesome. you know. You see, like for last Friday, he sort of was looking at the IC champion in a sort of a way, like you know. It's sort of like picture in his head that maybe he wants to finally be the guy to step up to Gunther or he wants, you know, want it to be his time to hold the IC champion. And I think that's always good storyline is when you have somebody, you know, got beat, you know, been beat up, ridiculed, talked down this and that. He finally stands up for himself against this big guy, Gunther, who to me is one of the better guys on SmackDown. And I think that would be a great story to lead us into so what's the next big pay-per-view we got? Um, Clash at the Castle. Well, yeah, but Survivor Series. I mean, like one of the big Oh, four. well, uh, yeah, it will be Survivor Series. Yeah, to lead us until we know with the real story start picking up later in the year. This is still like sort of the off-season of WWE, but I think it's a great storyline that they slowly build and that you can see he's going to stand up to Gutham. And it's really good to see Shinsuke back on SmackDown because I know it was a weird point where he was supposed to face Roman then he disappeared off TV and now he's back and that's what I like about Triple H is that 
He doesn't forget about people. I know this is going a little bit off topic, but the same with Ezekiel, another story that I think is really hilarious. Um, I was wondering what happened to Ezekiel. He was not on the show for a few weeks, and then he makes his return. KO beats the hell out of him, puts him out the ring. And then we see the funny thing on Raw where his family's just surrounding him in the bed. So I think small stuff like that is what's making people really appreciate the stuff that is going on in WWE at the moment. Yeah, and tri- yeah. It's Triple H effect, like we knew things were going to take place. All the signings that have happened, mostly NXT guys, uh, Dexter Loomis came out again. I, I, th- I think you said you couldn't catch Rob, but it's interesting. He keeps getting arrested in the crowd. Uh, have you followed any of that story at all? Oh, yes. And so, I, I, like I said, I do watch Raw SmackDown. I will say I'm like iffy with SmackDown. Because it depends on the timing. Yeah. Out here around 730, it gets dark out, so I'm pretty tired and stuff. But Smack Raw comes on at 5 o'clock out here. But it is a slow buildup. I did mention that um, – what's the guy? Not Corey Graves, the other guy. Um, he did mention his name, but Corey uh, Graves – Byron Sa- uh, Saxon. Yeah, Byron Saxon, he sort of said his name, but Corey Gray sort of skipped over real quick. So it seems like they're not trying to acknowledge it at the moment, but it's still happening, which is just, like, really cool to see. So when eventually he does make his, like, actual debut on Raw, it's going to be really cool to see. But I do love the slow buildup to him just, you know, trying to make it on there. And then the look on the Miz's face when security rushed him, and the Miz is like, yo, what the hell is going on? I think it just adds more and more like interest into the storyline. I like how Miz and AJ Styles are getting involved too. Two veterans um, who definitely can put on the great matches and not need title involvement. Oh, let's see here. Yeah, by the way, for people that are wondering, because don't do not forget, Clash at the Castle is a week from Saturday, which will put us at the twenty seventh. And I looked it up today, Cleve. It's on at noon my time, which means 7 a.m. your time. So you can enjoy the pay-per-view at breakfast. I'm going to treat it as lunch. Um, but with it being overseas, that will be taking place, uh, which should be a really good pay-per-view. I don't mind the day once around their weekend. It's when it's during the week they used to do a couple on Thursdays that bothered me that early and that often uh let's see what else you want to talk about here aew was last night uh we talked about cm punk a little bit him and moxley were not holding back this rivalry seems to be growing i do you know i think this is a really good uh because cm punk's not cleared yet but i do think it's good they got punk back to talk some crap and because all out is only a few weeks away uh, as Tones alluded to earlier him, earlier, him and me will be hitting Dynamite on the 31st. Yes, the 31st before the pay-per-view. And I'd be interested to see how they do that. Uh, eventually, Clay, these two are going to get around to fighting. But I will say this. I think they're both good on the mic. Would you agree with that statement? Oh, yes, 100%. Well, CM Punk is always... One thing he's about, always been good. One thing, yeah, people can always say Punk is phenomenal on the mic. He can sell a match like no other. And the same with Dean Ambrose. I have been following this storyline just because it pops up on my Bleach Report. And like I always say, I'm always in the Bleach Report comment sections reading what people are talking about. 
and this and that. And this sort of gives me uh, reminiscent of 2011 when it was John Cena and Punk were both the champions at the same time. And it's just like, you know, and a lot of people don't, if anybody doesn't know, that was probably the greatest storyline CM Punk has ever had in his career where him and Cena were both champions. And it was, they had the big match at Money in the Bank to unify the belts. And it's sort of just giving me the type of vibe. But I, I will say this, and it's just my personal opinion. I just, I have soured on CM Punk. Um, I just don't feel how I used to feel about Punk. And I've never really been too big on Dean Ambrose because I always felt he was the third man in the shield. But Well, okay, wait, wait. So funny you said that. Listen to this comment from last night's Dynamite because CM Punk dominates right here, Mr. Cleveland. I was getting here, so I'm glad you did. His quote, John Moxley is the third best guy in his own group talking about his AEW group because Daniel Bryan and uh, a couple others are in it. But the quote is, John Moxley is the third best guy in his own group. And to me, that sounds like a reoccurring theme in his career. So he slams on noticing the shield there. Uh, he goes, speaking of Moxley, his best friend is the third best Eddie I've ever been in the ring with. He's the second best Kingston I ever shared a locker room with. Uh, everyone wants to be the champions till it's time to do champ shit. Uh, Punk said as the fans broke out in a chant, not even the first John I beaten in Chicago for a championship belt. Definitely not number one there. So, I mean, he brought up a lot of things right there. That's a lot of good material uh, to continue his dominance on the mic. I will say this. It amazes me how they some guys could sit there and just get burned like that and just keep a straight face because CM Punk just ripped him a new ass from what you just told me. And honestly, it's true. Like, you know, a lot of people can sit here and, you know, Roman Reigns at first wasn't the best. You know, sometimes the plant doesn't blo- blossom like everyone else. It takes its own time. But it clearly now, a few years later, between Seth, Roman, and Dean Ambrose, John Mox, whatever you want to call him, you can clearly see who was the third guy. There's a reason the other two are still with the company and Dean Ambrose wasn't with the company. We can talk about how bad Vince booked him in this and that. But at the end of the day, Vince knew what he was doing. That's why certain guys he didn't book. And then when they go to other companies, you see the same result. Rusev, another guy, you know, he wasn't that good. And he goes to AZW. He's not that good. It's just not surprising. But this is, like I said, this would be a really great storyline. I think it'll be more the mic skill. The mic work is better than the ring work. But CM Punk ripping him a new one like that is just great to hear. And, I mean, he didn't tell any lies at all in the promo. You know who also was on their show last night? This is a little random. Um, but it is kind of funny, and I want to see if you got any stories or what you thought about this guy, Mr. Ricky Steamboat. He was on, and he had a little chatter with Jericho on AEW. And actually, in 2009, they had a feud in WWE when he was 56. Now he's 69 years old. But uh, anything on Mr. Steamboat is he's crossing the AEW surfaces, doing, you know, nothing crazy, but he's showing up in some segments. Well, I do remember that feud. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they did have a match at WrestleMania between the two. I can't remember. They could have who won exactly, but I do remember the feud. Ricky Steamboat is a legendary wrestler. He was one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time, so it's another good guy over there, and like we said, Jericho is always the man. I really don't talk too bad on Chris Jericho because 
I can't say too many bad things about Chris Jericho, especially how he looked back then and to compare it now. He put a lot of work into transferring his body. And regardless of the age, no one can. It's only a few that can stand on the mic with Chris Jericho. And that is a fact. As I, Chris Jericho's podcast is really good. And um, he not only transcended two companies in wrestling uh, and does his own band and all that, he's just such a, you know, you take his opinion never lightly because he's usually spot on. He speaks his mind, but he doesn't um, just speak to be an asshole like some of these people do. Uh, other things that happened AEW last night, Jungle Boy and Christian Cage keep going at it, which is a match I do want to see. Looks like we'll get Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa again, which I'm not overly excited about, but I will root uh, for Tony Storm. Cleve, anything else, though, is we're – oh, duh. I'm an idiot. I'm not even going to – gosh, how did I forget to almost mention this? Kenny Omega returned yesterday. Now, he did a three-on-three match. He said he can't do everything he wants to do yet. And, in fact, on top of that, he mentioned uh, if he has one more bad injury where it's long-term, that could be it for him. It's his body, his wit through hell. I know, you know, we talked a lot about Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns during the time where they both owned the titles for a while, Cleveland. It is really good, uh, no matter what, you know, people think about him. Uh, mostly positive, but that he's back in the ring and doing good things for AEW because I think that's a presence they needed back. Definitely. Even though, you know, like I said, I really didn't know too much about Omega before he showed up on AEW. He's a star. You know, people want to see Kenny Omega. He puts on great matches. And it's kind of sad to hear that, you know, he's dealt with so many injuries. And it's really tough there because I'm looking at it. He's only 38 years old. He's still somewhat of a young guy, but when you're been wrestling for as long as he has, you know, he debuted back in 2000. That's 22 years ago. He was 16 years old. He's probably dealt with so many injuries, so many, just not even much big injuries. You got nagging injuries. Sometimes you don't get checked out. And when you tell yourself, you know, I got one more injury left in me, it really makes you think like, man, you know, I need to cherish this while I'm here. And just like, you know, I can go use the Edge example. Years ago when Edge first retired, a lot of people, including myself, were very tear-eyed about it. Like, you know, we won't get to see him every week as we used to. So cherish the moment that these guys are here because injuries come like this, and you never know when they can bounce. Some guys don't bounce back from injuries. Yeah, I mean, injuries is – and the older you get, too, after the more time uh, you keep thinking – you never have the opportunity to say, I'm going to be good for a long time. Because when you're in this business, a lot of it is your year around. Yeah, you get some time off, but it's not like you get a full off season. And, that, and that's important to keep in mind and perspective. Is I, I do mention that a lot because I think it's a very, you know, low key factor that people forget about. Um, so I looked this up and that's why I took a pause for a second, Mr. Cleve. You were right mostly. Jericho and and uh, Steamboat did wrestle at WrestleMania 25. However, he had two teammates, Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snuka, because I think they're all kind of older. Go ahead. You have something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I thought it was a three-on-one, but I couldn't remember. It was Snuka and 
Sergeant Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. Okay, okay. I remember. I remember that exactly. I just did they win? Did Steamboat win or Jericho win? It looks like Jericho won from the picture okay, they're okay. showing. I'm gonna actually play it a minute. Uh okay. I do remember. I thought it was that match. It was a three-on-one, but I wasn't too sure. But that's just even just to show you that Chris Jericho is carrying these older guys to a, a pretty decent match not too long ago. So, let me yeah, see. they were all old men, basically. Let's see here. Jericho has uh, Steamboat in the middle. Uh, they're not even showing that match, but I, I'm going to go read back and watch that because uh, that seemed like a fun one in 2009, WrestleMania 25. Okay, so I, everything I wanted to talk about AEW as I was able to get in, like I said, I'll be going to Dynamite with Tones, and that is coming up Labor Day week action pack between the two weeks of Clash at the Castle uh, and all out in Chicago. Wow. Cleve, any other WWE storylines or things that we missed though, before we uh, almost are ready to wrap things up for another great edition of Cleve and me. Uh, this is going to sound completely random. I know tones gives uh, this one person a lot of shit, but you know, Nikki Ash and do job actually make a really good tag team. I agree. Actually, I would not mind seeing them win the women's tag team champion someday. Ooh. I don't, I don't know. It's just something about them as a tag team that just works perfect together. Um, Nikki Ash, even though, you know, she do need to get rid of the costume. She could keep, I mean, the mask, keep the costume, but I think the mask has to go. But I think her and Dewdrop work really well together. Dewdrop is very underrated in the ring. For a person that size, she, you don't really hear about her injuring people or people complain about her, like how Nia Jackson was. You know, we know about how much of a helper she was. No one really says bad things about Dewdrop. So I think they are a really good underrated tag team. And I look forward to seeing them in a tag match. Because you know, they never really win, but they're still not every tag team needs to win. It's just like you need a bad tag a, a heel tag team that keeps the good guys on their heels or the good women on their heels. So I really like the tag team of Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. Yeah, and that tournament will continue as we have had a few matches play out so far. Um, you know, something I was just looking at, we didn't talk about it. I know Tones was wanted to go off on it, but he didn't have a chance. Uh, did you see the picture of Ezekiel Elias's family? Like, Grandpa was there, a kid was there, an auntie was there. Tones is like, come on. I thought it was funny. I, it was hilarious. I thought it's great storyline. It's, go- it's so goofy that it's funny. That's like how goofy it is. It's so goofy that it's hilarious that literally it's Elias and all these, like, <laughs> even his dad. It was uh, Elias' dad. I forgot his name, but he cut a little promo yeah. at the end of the video. And it's just like, come on, G. If you can't appreciate a little comedy and wrestling, then you're taking yourself way too serious. I think this is a good storyline. It's not the best, but it's still a good storyline, and it keeps – Ezekiel Elias, whatever you want to keep it around. But then we might see the another brother, Eroy, or whatever the brother name is. But Elrod. <laughs> Elrod. I think it's a hilarious storyline. I'm happy Triple H is continue with it because I think the fans are really liking this too. Yeah, and I'm going to give you a question right now. Is I'm going to go through a quick rundown of next week. But think about this as I do that. 
I want you – so there's been a few NXT guys. We've seen Loomis. We've seen Karrion Cross, We've seen the Hit Row. Give me – it doesn't have to be somebody NXT, but think about somebody or even a couple people that you would like to see return and you think is quite realistic. While you think, while you think about that, though, I want to tell for all the people out there, next week we'll be doing our Clash at the Castle pre- uh, preview and prediction show. We will have a couple of guests on. Me, Tampa Tones, and Cleve, of course, will be here, but we hope to have at least five of us get it going. I'm going to see what Marcel's doing, Stana. I'll even see Gene um, and a couple of others, maybe even get Alex back on. But there will be a few extra getting their prediction and previews in. So that will be live on YouTube next week, as we always appreciate you guys tuning in uh, as we get one step closer to a couple of massive pay-per-views. And in terms of, you know, everything on the line, AEW and WWE, I also want to say that, um, you know, right now with sport, like football's coming back. So usually, and I'm not saying, you know, it was never, you know, stated fully, but usually when football gets off to a start, uh, you know, wrestling, they start to not seek. It's not really Royal Rumble time yet, not Mania time yet. People stop paying attention. Maybe a little bit more eyes on the football screen. MLB playoffs are there. You know, NHL, NBA start. But don't lose sight of it. Right now is a great time. Tony Khan and Tr- Triple H, they're always going to be trying to one-up each other. Because I know for damn sure Triple H pays some attention. And then Tony Khan pays a lot, maybe too much attention to what's going on. So do not... Do not drop the dial. Always keep an eye on what's going on because I think we're in a nice stretch for at least a year now of where we're going to get a lot of great things and great storylines. That being said, Cleve, I rambled on for a bit there, gave you time to think. Who would you like to see return? One guy, Valentine Dream. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was a huge fan of his. I know he had the weird gimmick. He kind of gave me gold dust vibes when gold dust was in his prime doing the stuff he did. But I thought he was a really good performer. He was good on the mic. Sadly, not realistic though, because of his off the ring issues. Yes. Now that's, I don't know if he was found guilty of those or not. I know it was accusations that went around what he did, you know, and if you don't know, look it up, but, Accusations aside, if he is found out, if he is found out guilty of these accusations, then I think he's a guy that they should bring back because people love him. He 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 has so much uh, charisma on the mic. His finishing move was phenomenal. The purple was it the purple elbow drop or something like that. I was a huge fan of his, so I would really love to see him come back. And then it was I just had it on the tip of my tongue. This one. I, I'll tell you one really quick. I really hope the Bray Wyatt rumors are true. I would love to see uh, him come back. Question, though, as the Fiend or Bray Wyatt, though? Because I've I seen a question somebody asked, does the Bray Wyatt come back or is the Fiend or just as Bray Wyatt? And, you know, because the old Bray Wyatt before the Fiend was pretty cool, too. Oh, he yeah. He's always Wyatt had a good back. gimmick. What I, I what I would do is, and if I forget if I mentioned it on this show or just in general speaking when talking wrestling, but whoever wins that clash at the castle, I think Bray Wyatt should be on one side and the Fiend should be on the other. And obviously the Fiend would not be Bray Wyatt. Somebody would be uh, playing that character. 
But I think it would be cool if the show ended with whoever won in the middle. And then you have Bray on one side and you have the Fiend on the other just staring the champion down. Dude, I, I, I feel like we've been working this podcast for so long because you read my mind exactly as I was sitting here thinking that, that what if at the end of Clash at the Castle, Bray Wyatt shows up, the arena goes pitch black, and Bray, whether you want the Fiend or Bray Wyatt, they come back, lights turn on, they're standing there, and you close it out like that. Imagine the buzz that they would create on the internet, especially since it's on a Saturday. This, um, Correct. It's Saturday. So yeah. if it's on a Saturday, right, you have all these people will be tuning in until Monday to find out what is going to happen next. So that's crazy. We both thought that literally. I was thinking, like, dude, if he comes back, Clash of Castle, the roof would blow off the building. And Great it's minds think alike. Yes. You know, it drew McIntyre wins. We see the the ultimate stare down and just go right there. TV goes blank and then we wait till Monday. So I think that is a really smart business move to have Bray Wyatt come back at Clash of the Castle because there have been reports that he is willing to come back. And we're hearing more about the IC relationship that him and Vince McMahon had. I know one report said Vince was not pleased with Bray Wyatt's weight. And we know that's true because, you know, he also told Walter to you know lose a few pounds also so we can kind of see where bray wyatt was going with that that him and vince just couldn't see eye to eye and vince didn't understand his gimmick that bray wyatt the fiend was trying to present but with triple h there you know triple h worked with him at nxt triple h is more open-minded about stuff and he knows what the fans want man it would be really great to see bray wyatt a creative mind like that back on the roster be great to see even if roman wins you know bray wyatt comes back and challenge whoever i think it'll just be phenomenal to see that take place another surprise would be really cool to see i've been reading reports johnny garganzo has been interested in returning to the wwe also triple h reached out to him he was also a big star in nxt um i think that'll be really nice to see johnny gargano um, NXT legend like that make his return to the show, um, create a lot of buzz around it. And another NXT guy that was um, not properly was not properly used when he brought up to the main roster. So really cool to see. And I am so sorry, ladies and gentlemen, is that got messed up? And I lost Cleve. God bless, good night, and to all, a delight. Damn.